0: walking on water. Have you ever heard this story? A few times? Probably lots of different ways people talk about it, right? Maybe uh, keep your eyes on Jesus, yes? We used to do that at camp. A guy that would, would put a, a board across the water of a pool and then have kids walk it with a picture of Jesus at the end and they weren't allowed to look down. Liability would not like that, right? That's just asking for trouble. But it was, it was a test, right? A test that we came up with just to illustrate the point. That that kind of interpretation uh, asks, keep your eyes on Jesus, what does it mean? Other ways people use it is don't doubt. How many of you have ever had success with not doubting? Yeah. And sometimes the, the ways people use this story can be kind of harmful. With enough faith, you can do the miraculous. Or on the flip side, if you don't believe, then you're going to sink. So if you're sinking, it must be something you're doing wrong rather than Sometimes life is tough, and we sink, don't we? The storms come. That's how it is. I mean, we've been reminded of that lately, have we not? We see the news, and yet again, someone has driven a car into a crowd of people. It's not because those people didn't have enough faith. It's because bad things happen, because people have freedom. And we are left to try to understand what to make of this. How do we carry on? So there's another interpretation that I'll offer of this story, and this aligns a little more closely with some of the, the history in the story itself from the gospel writer. See, throughout the gospel of Matthew up to this point, we find Jesus proclaiming that he has authority, which seems like a no-brainer to us. We've grown up hearing the name Jesus, but in that day, this is some rabbi that came from some backwater town, showed up out of nowhere, and started proclaiming that he had authority. Which people that proclaim authority today, we often ask questions of whose authority, right? What kind of authority do you have? Do your actions reflect what it is you're saying and proclaiming? And so we have in the gospel stories that support Jesus' proclamation. It's in that order. I have authority, and then he he teaches, and then there are miracles and healings to talk about what kind of authority Jesus has. And then he gives the authority to his disciples and he sends them out. Gives them a mission. Go by twos and go out into the towns and heal and do the things I've been doing because that's the whole point. The whole point is I do these things to give you my authority so that I can actually give you that authority that you, as the body of Christ, can go out and do these things. Easy to say, right? Easy to read and say, yeah, I believe. It's another thing when you're out amidst the crowds and you're not sure what to do. The disciples were no different, so take heart. The disciples went out, they, they accomplished some great things, and then they came back. And then last week we, we read about how they were told to give the crowd of 5,000 something to eat, and the disciples were like, we can't do that, right? They started to doubt the power and authority they had, in which then Jesus feeds them all and shows them, and then immediately tells them, get in a boat and go. You're going to go on without me. Another time, again, that Jesus sends them out away from him. Now, in our culture, this little detail that he sends them off by themselves, it seems kind of insignificant. That he sends them off onto the sea, that just seems like a detail. But understand, in this context, to this writer, the sea has a whole story behind it. The chaos of the water. The sea, it represents everything that God has been holding back since creation, right? It's, the creation started with water and chaos, and God put order to it and separated things to create air that we could be here in between the waters, and then separated the waters that land may appear and life may thrive upon it. So to them, the sea is that chaos held back by God. Now remember, their story and our story, a little later after creation, talks about those waters being unleashed. You know that story? One man on a boat, lots of animals, two by two. So when he sends them on to the sea, understand where he's sending them, amidst that powerful chaos. It's scary. They didn't like the water. So in the world of the disciples, this was the sea was not a vacation destination. Okay, this was uh, this was destructive chaos. Or as one commentator, Eugene Boring put it, "The sea is itself a threat, representing all the anxieties and dark powers that threaten the goodness of the created world." Do we experience a sea of threat today? Jesus sends them off alone into the chaos. Do you hear the words? The disciples, consisting of seasoned fishermen, people that should know the water, they're stuck. They're stuck out on the water, right? Maybe it's because they didn't have the, you know, they didn't want to ask for directions, right? We get lost sometimes. We don't want to ask. No, they're, they're out there buffeting against the wind. They're trying to, to row into the wind, and if you've never tried to do that, which I have not, I can imagine it is quite challenging. Uh, the word for the buffered that the waves were doing against the boat, it's a word that means tortured. The boat was being tortured. This is the situation the disciples are in. Are any of you in the boat today? I mean, do we feel like it it's just one thing after another, we're not getting anywhere? And maybe it's not even on a global level or a, a national level, but just personally. Just in a boat, trying to row against everything that seems to be working against you. The wind. And the waves, they're battering you, and you feel alone. It's in this moment in the story, the presence of Jesus appears. And his words are, be encouraged. It's me. Don't be afraid. Can you hear those words in your boat? Can you just be encouraged? Easier said than done. We know it's Jesus, we want to believe, but it's harder to let go of our fear in the midst of chaos. It is. Now, the words that he uses for it's me, it's, it's theological words, okay? It's, it's really saying I am. And if you don't know the words I am, when Moses is up on the mountain and asks God, who are you? You're sending me somewhere, and they ask me who it is that's sending me. What do I tell them? What's your name? And God responds, I am. And Moses says, That does not clear it up, God, right? <laughs> I am is the name of God. And, and you can read entire books about what those two words might mean when it comes to God's name. So we have Jesus saying, Be encouraged. I am. Don't be afraid. And so Peter, being like me, full of doubt, says, If it is you, then call me out. If it's you, if I am is really here, then prove it. Call me out on the water. And Jesus says, "Come." And then Peter has to put his money where his mouth is, right? And he gets out and he starts walking, and he's doing it. But then he notices the wind. The wind was always there. Isn't that weird? The wind is always there, but he, he, he sees the wind. First of all, you can't see the wind, so I'm not really sure what that is, but he notices, he sees it, and he sinks. He sinks, and then he cries out, and Jesus lifts him up. Now, Peter was doing what he set out to do, and he was doing it, but then he began to think about it. You ever do something, and you're just doing it, and then you start thinking about how you're doing it, and all of a sudden, you can't do it anymore? It happens. It's like in that moment of contemplation of him thinking and seeing the wind, that hesitation, there was a shift. Jesus says, I am became him, how am I doing this? And when he started thinking, how am I doing this? He was no longer able to do it. He sinks, he calls, he's rescued. Then he's questioned, how'd you have doubt? Why? Then he gets back in the boat, the wind settles down, and they worship Jesus. Is this a strange story for any of you? It is a strange story. Much to be understood. Now, they worshiped because only God can hold back the waters of chaos, can, can calm those waters, not only that, but walk upon them. Only God's ever done so. Creation, the Red Sea, the Jordan, only God. Jesus is doing what only God can do as he says the words, I am. And they respond in worship. I would too. See, it's Jesus that brings the presence of God into the boat with us as the I am. Brings it into the world, into the midst of chaos, and into the presence of the church. Not to rebuke and scorn, not to blame and judge, but to say, be encouraged. I'm here. Don't be afraid. And the gospel writer is thinking of his own church. This was written well after Jesus had ascended. He's thinking of the church post-Easter, Thinking of the church alone in a chaotic world without the presence of Jesus to calm the waters. We feel the presence of the wind today just as they did, do we not? Threats of war, shouts of prejudice against all sorts of different people. I mean, we can categorize people and divide ourselves up like we were born to do it. Whispers of lies. Demands to follow others into violence and chaos, and we feel the torturous waters of that chaos, yes? Shifting politics, financial fragility, churches dividing and excluding, families shutting out loved ones, friends cutting each other off based on differences of opinions and views. If that's what's going on in your world, if that's the sea upon which you sail, I ask, what? What is it that you stand upon? Or do you find yourself sinking, as I do, from time to time? Don't think any of us have it figured out, okay? We're all here because we don't, because we need to be here. And we have received new members into this church today, and what a joy, yes? What a joy. And we have taken more blessed souls onto our boat. It's not a perfect boat. Sometimes we were rowing against the wind, but we're together, and we're headed in the same direction. And with the presence of Jesus, we're going to get where it is we need to go, whether it is we know we need to go there or not. Do we have faith? Yeah. So, to the confirmands, I, I ask you, congregation, what should they expect about their experience with the church? Or I'll ask you, what do you expect in your involvement, your, your presence here in God's church? In the midst of the stormy sea, let me ask you, how is your soul? Do you ever ask yourself that question? How is my soul? Do you ever ask each other? Ever ask your family or friends, your husband or wife, your son, daughter, parents, how is your soul today? Try it. Be some good conversation. I ask you, how is your soul? Now, it's through Jesus that we have the presence of the I am of the living God? Do do you have faith? Or do you become overcome with worry? Do you need proof that Jesus is with us? If you do, just shout it out. Jesus will invite you. That's the God of grace we serve. You don't have to sit in the boat and just think I got to do everything right. Shout out your doubt and see what happens. Try it. God would love to invite you out onto the water. Maybe you'll sink, but you know what? God will be right there when you cry for help. God is a God that that nurtures us like children to help us figure it out. Nobody here should be expected to have it all together. If you go to Peter, you're going to find out. No one is expected to have it all together. Today, as much as ever, it can be easy to be discouraged, and it's easy to get caught up in the sight and the sound of the chaos around us and to forget who it is we're called to be and what it is we're called to do, to forget that we're not alone in the boat. Look around this room. To forget that we forever have the presence of God through Jesus. And the good news is, friends, that Jesus encourages us through the church I don't know why God chose to do it that way. I don't know why we are invited to be the body of Christ. And don't take those words lightly. We are invited to be the body of Christ. That's the way God does it. If I sit and walk it, believing it, amazing things happen. I see it all the time. If I start thinking, how am I the body of Christ? It's usually when I start to sink. When I start to question and try to reason it out by my own understanding, that's when I usually start to struggle. We find our hearts filled with hope when we remember where we are and who's with us. Don't get distracted by the heated voices and violent waves around you. Don't let the chaos of the world convince you to be afraid and full of doubt. And that message is very loud and clear, is it not? Instead, pray, worship, read Scripture, connect with your brothers and sisters, share your hearts with each other, share about your soul, share your gifts, share your hopes, live your faith as a daily walk amidst the waves. Allow others to see that there is safety amidst the waters and wind in the darkest night on the stormiest sea. Allow others to see how you got through them Tell them about your dark night. Don't think you got to be perfect. It's through the darkness that we actually show forth the true power of God. Amen? Amen. It's when we're falling, when we're sinking, when we cry out, that it is we experience the touch and presence of a Jesus who wants to save us. Amen? Amen? So allow others to see the presence of God that Jesus has called you to reveal to others. Just like he did. And know that Jesus is with you without demanding proof. Be encouraged, my friends, and do not be afraid. Please pray with me. Lord, we hear the words, we know the news, we we understand. And in that turmoil in our hearts where we are just reluctant to just grab on with what we have. As we sit and worry about what it is we aren't, what it is we've done, who it is we've been, it keeps us from reaching out. Lord, soften us. Remind us of your love and your presence. Whisper to us. Shout it to us. Show up in our friends and family around us as they put their arms out to us in encouragement. And help those voices of encouragement be heard over the voices of judgment. Lift us up, Lord. Help us to hang on with all that we have, with all that we are, and know that that is enough. Lord, I thank you for your grace and your love, and may it be seen in everything that this wonderful and amazing group of people that you call your church does amidst the storms. Amen.